Steve, let me ask you a personal question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> do, you have, do you have a mother, Steve? I do indeed. Fantastic. Don't we all? <laughs> yeah, well, yes, we all do, but I'm sure you're a good son and you love your mother, don't you, Steve? Uh, uh, the best. I'm like legendary. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Very good. Well, I got a tip for you. You can really win Mother's Day. Win your mother over on Mother's Day. Cement your reputation as this really good son. Give your mom an Aura digital picture frame. Have you heard of these things, Steve? Yes, I have. They're loaded up with decades of photos. You can just like hook them up to the phone and then you get the photos running through it, kind of scrolling through it. You seen these things? Yeah, they're great. They're really cool. Yeah, and you can get everything uh, and pictures of your mom, pictures of whoever, your family, your brothers, all, all these things. They're a wonderful item. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code word ChinwagPod at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This is Paul Giamatti speaking. And this is Stephen Asma. And this episode of Chinwag is sponsored by BetterHelp. It is indeed, Steve. Let me ask you a blunt question. Do you ever feel stuck, Steve? <laughs> I'm serious. Do you ever feel kind of stuck in the mud? Every day, my friend. Yeah. Every damn day. And then what happens is you get overwhelmed because you're kind of stuck, right? True. As I get older, and I am getting older, folks, I may not look it. You may <laughs> think, oh, he's like Dorian Gray. He's going backwards. Yeah, wow. Wow, he's, he's, he's going backwards. I am getting older, folks. It's hard to believe. The thing I notice is how important it is to maintain a balance. You know, I guess you'd call it work-life balance. I don't think I'm alone here, but therapies help me do this, this balance. It can help you find equilibrium. It can help you feel more empowered in the decisions you make, the boundaries and priorities you set. It's good in that way. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. And all you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Sometimes that's hard, right, to find the right person. So this helps. You can change. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with better help. Visit betterhelp.com slash chinwag today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash chinwag. Oh, hello, Steve. Hello, Paul. Welcome to the chinwag. Hello, hello Dr. Stephen Asma. Welcome to the chinwag. Um, here we are. Yes. Once again. With a very uh, interesting topic. Eye to eye, toe to toe. Yes. With a very, very interesting, very interesting. Um, we, we, we have been encouraging letters. We've been encouraging you folks to, uh, to reach out and, and, and make contact and, uh, you've been doing it. Yeah. And we actually have a really, stuff. uh. Tremendous letter from uh, a listener today that we want to get into. It's really good. Yeah. It's kind of just, it's like sweet spot chin. Sometimes we have, Paul and I will say, like, hey, wouldn't it be great if we did a show on this? And then, a, like, a listener will like write in and be like on the topic or on a very similar topic. Yeah. It's really fun. Yeah. Yeah. And this was something, it's, it's right. It, it really hit us because it's, it involves lake monsters, what are known as lake monsters. A special fear this, of mine, uh, special phobia. 
Yeah, right. Yeah. What's the deal with that? Why are you so afraid? Steve? I, I what are don't you so like uh, deep water, murky water. I think I, I the water yeah, stuff is troubling partic- to you, particularly phobic on that. Interesting. Yeah. Wow, that's fascinating. And and just deep water ocean. You're not going to go in the ocean. You're not going to go in. I have. I'll tell you something. No, go ahead. Well, I have been in the ocean. I did almost drown there, but that was when I was an adult, and I was just. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I wow. think it's an evolved okay. fear about, I'm afraid of creatures that are in there and I can't see what the fuck yeah. is coming up on me. And is that a fish sure. or is that a, a kraken? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I got you. I'll tell you an interesting thing. I actually find lakes, ponds, things like that more troubling yes. than the ocean. Uh, me too. I'm like the ocean I'm okay with, but a lake and a pond, I'm a little bit <laughs> the, like- the stillness. Yeah, the stillness, the water's real dark. You can touch the button and you're like, ah, what was that? Like slimy shit. And it's like for some reason, and oftentimes you go to those places, they're oftentimes, the ones I've been in, there's not a lot of people around. Oh, yeah. They're like really, and I'm kind of like, okay. And if for some reason, I don't know why, the water's dark. It's yeah, like, there, there's a lake in, the the Lake cold. Winnebago in Wisconsin is like the biggest lake, I think, in Wisconsin. It's very shallow, and yet- there are some of the most gigantic, terrifying sturgeon fish in there that are just, right. they're like friggin' 10 feet long. And Huge. Yeah. Those things are gigantic. Oh, oh God. <laughs> now I don't want to go in a lake or a pond or anything. Before we get to this fantastic letter, though, as a reminder, as always, a journey over to yes. Apple Podcasts. And to rank and review us, any please. Rank and review. Give us those five and stars if you would. Give us those five stars, please. Please. We could use them. Yeah. Uh, at any time of the day or night, we'd love them. And send letters um, and comments. It's really fun. Letters, comments, please. Please. And you can see us on uh, on the YouTube as yeah, well. Yeah, some you great animations. To us on the YouTube with some great animations from uh, Mr. Alex uh, Sokol. Yes, indeed. Uh, yeah, the, the blue man himself, really Mr. Alex Sokol. Incredible animation. Incredible stuff. But without further ado, Steve, shall we... So we just split right to this. Let's uh, do it. To this amazing letter. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'll read it. Would it's you? from, uh, yes, it's from a, a listener named David. And here it goes. Uh, hi. Firstly, I want to say I love your podcast so much. Very nice. In addition you, to being David. some of the greatest, in some of the greatest roles and some of my favorite things ever, John Adams, Private Parts, this podcast I find interesting, insightful, and educational. That's very nice. Very kind. Thank you, sir. I heard you mention and uh, you had an obsession with the Loch Ness Monster. We both do. Yeah, uh, totally. Steve, right? And I wanted to suggest an episode about my local monster and the United States version of Scotland's cryptid Champ. Champ. I am from Burlington, Vermont, and Champ the Lake Monster is a cultural staple of my town. Dating back to the sightings from the Abenaki tribe, and even Samuel D. Champlain himself, after whom the lake is named, I believe, mm. the history of Champ is rich in details that extends to the modern day. As crazy as it sounds, me and two friends actually had an experience of seeing Champ in Shelburne Bay, 
a few years wow. ago. While it wasn't as clear of you as the famous Manzi photo, oh, I don't know what famous. the famous Manzi photo. I'm, I know. I'm, I'm excited to we know more about this. We need to look up this. the Manzi photo. While it wasn't as clear of you as the famous Manzi photo, what we saw seemed to be a large serpent in the middle of the bay with humps oh, that was creating a wake. I took a video of it. But shooting in long range on my 2015 iPhone doesn't make for a great shot. Here's the strangest part. I was going for a walk in that same place years later with my mom and family friends when one of them, this guy is literally one of the top lawyers in Vermont, and his mom used to be the governor's oh, credibility. So he is He's not, establishing he credibility. He is not wacky yes. at all. He is establishing. <laughs> so these people are not wacky at all. They told a champ sighting story that was completely identical to mine. Ah. Now, here's a theory to explain this that I know you'll have fun with. The current assumption of what these cryptids are in both the case of Champ and the Loch Ness Monster, is that they're either a sole immortal beast that's been around since the dinosaurs, or there's a small family or clan of these cryptids that have been reproducing since the age of the dinosaurs, but they've managed to mostly stay mostly hidden in the dark depths of Lake Champlain and Loch Ness. Okay. However, and I know this is a stretch, says David, but a theory I heard and joy and may even agree with is that we are not seeing an immortal or hidden beast, but something much more interesting. We're looking at a ghost of a beast. Weird. Now, to play the, th to play the thought experiment, if you have to buy into the idea that these monsters exist, it seems much more plausible to me that we are seeing a ghost versus an immortal animal or a tribe of hidden dinosaurs. There's no evidence at all of animals being immortal or of dinosaurs still existing today. However, ghost experiences in many parts of the world are so common, they're accepted as fact. Interesting reasoning. Very. Just a theory I know you'll have fun with. I would also suggest looking at the geographical similarities of Loch Ness and Lake Champlain. And I implore you to draw your own conclusions from this, quote, coincidence, unquote. Keep up the great work, and I can't wait to continue listening to the podcast. Thanks, David. Yeah. It's a good that's one. That's a good David. letter, David. It's a really good gets one. It's the an amazing show. One. He understands this show. Yes. Yes. And but my first my the first the first point I want to take issue with is that lawyers and former governors <laughs> of Vermont can't be wackos. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's I, just argue I that. I take point. issue <laughs> with that. I just let's just argue we could argue that probably for days. But you know, it's 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 it's. I wouldn't say it's a shaky premise, David. But it's but it's but it's definitely yeah, one we could. You debate. did yourself no but favors I hear you. with that. <laughs> no, but I hear you. I hear yeah. you. I like the establishment of credibility very yeah, much. Yeah, if it's the town drunk, all, it, then clearly that's yeah. not going to be <laughs> crucial. Yeah. Which could, could be a lawyer or yes, a governor. Which could true. be the lawyer or former governor. Not to impugn any of these people. Good thing we don't know their names. Uh, it's it's interesting. I love. I do want to say that uh, I, I've never been. I don't think I've ever been to Lake Champlain, but I have heard of Champ. I've heard I know of, of Champ, Champ. Um, but I've yeah, never I've heard been of there Champ. either. It's fascinating. No, but I do know that the local minor league baseball team is called the Lake Monsters. I think. Do they have like a I picture know. of uh, like a sort of a Loch Ness creature? They have a really great of? like cartoon, cartoon. Like they have a really great cartoon. It's hilarious. Sea serpent on their on their. Is hats. there a if tourism industry based around Champ? That would be interesting because I, I bet there is. I'm sure yeah, there there's is. like a pizza yeah, place and you know. No, it's a pretty. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly right. That, I bet. I bet there is. And um, why not? There's a burger you know, place. Like come eat the monster. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the special totally. or whatever. Yeah. All kinds of like souvenir shops and stuff like that. Why not? And it's a famous one. I yeah. mean, it's definitely, he's a famous Champ's American, famous. he or she or, cryptid, or whatever, a cryptid. is a famous cryptid. Um, so you had these amazing, you've had, you know of two encounters, but I love this idea. 
first of all, the idea that it's there's three ideas that he proposes. Yeah. First of all, that it's that a it's single creature uh, that's a lasted. single creature that has somehow that is immortal. That's the one I'm going to rule out very quickly. I'm I immediately okay. going to rule out because it's like we know that nothing is immortal. Yeah. Sad. Although there, you know that uh, shark baby. that's been alive for 500 years. That's fucking crazy. Well, that's the Greenland shark yeah. you're talking about. So I think, cool. Which, which apparently gets to be up to like 500, 600 Amazing. years old. And I'm like, are there a lot of those things? I mean, they're, they're like, are they, I don't do know. they reproduce like? Like gang, like gangbusters. I don't think there's a lot of them. A I think there's things. probably a few, but I don't know for sure. I mean, I just find that so crazy. That's a long life. Five hundred years old. Isn't that crazy? But obviously, the and time scale weird... from ancient, like you know, prehistory, is to totally immortal. different. Yeah, it's. it's but true. also, I'd like to point out there's the crazy, and I don't know much about this, as I don't know much about anything that I talk about on here. <laughs> but I, but there is, there's the, there's the crazy immortal. <laughs> there's the crazy, crazy immortal jellyfish. Have you heard about oh. this jellyfish that sort of it like gets to a certain point and, and it's like yeah. something, and then it sort of seems to regenerate or something. It seems to it seems to de-age or something. It's and there's trees. And there's they're, trees they're not like immortal. This. There's oh, trees really? like this that yeah that are like like thousands of years old, and there's a root system that connects them as they emerge out, but the actual root system goes way way back. But still, nothing goes back millions of years. Immortal. Yeah, nothing is immortal. Yeah. As far as we know. So, uh, yes, we're going to rule that out. The other one is that it's, there's been a, a group of these things yeah. have survived. No, I like and, this. And are reproducing. It's, do you? Is yeah. this the one you, fa I, I you say, feature the I most? I like this more than the ghost theory that he proposes. I think this mm -hmm. one makes sense from the point of view of biology. It's still a stretch. Mm -hmm. But imagine if you had like a interbreeding population. Let's say you had 20 or 30 of these things. And they mm -hmm. were also moving around maybe with Loch Ness. With the lock, there's some discussion about maybe connecting to bigger, mm -hmm. to the sea. That's right. So yeah. if you had yeah. a, a small group of these that could interbreed and stay alive for millions of years, then they would just be like, it would, they would be like the giant squid that we thought maybe mm -hmm. that lives, maybe that's alive, maybe it isn't. And then we right. saw it and corroborated. So I feel- Do you ever see, it's interesting, but it only occurs to me now. I mean, I know that there's like sightings of groups of- Sasquatches or Bigfoots. Yeah. Are there group sightings of sea serpents, though? I feel like you always see one. It's a good point. You don't see like a family of sea That's serpents. A good point. I, I'm not. I'm just wondering because yeah, if it was a population, you, you, that increases the likelihood of seeing them as right? individuals or. And as groups, so it's weird. Right. Yeah, that I seems mean, wouldn't unlikely. you see like a mother, like you see a whale with its, you see a, a mother whale and its calf its calves, yeah. and stuff like that. Would you maybe not be seeing, but I don't feel like I, I don't feel like you see a lot, there's a lot of sightings of multiple sea serpents. They seem to be loners. When I was at Loch Ness, the guy was saying, we were on the lake. And of course, I'm looking for Nessie. And the guy who was running the tour was saying, "Well, of course, they swept the lake with you know some some radar or other sonar, yeah, yeah. sonar." And they, he was saying, "Well, there could be caves way down deep, uh -huh. and they are uh -huh. living in the caves, and that's why we don't see yeah. them." And so that was the explanation right. for not seeing them. But no. Neither one of those theories does David buy. <laughs> David is proposing that these are ghosts. It's fun. I love the idea of Ghost, Ghost of Loch Ness. Ghost of Loch it's a Ness great monster. title. Monsters. The Ghost of Sasquatch. It's like yeah. that these monsters, and I'm going to I'm gonna extend it out, David, and say like maybe all these things are Other ghosts. cryptids. Maybe. Other cryptids. Yes, all these other things are ghosts. Mothman and Bigfoot and maybe even the UFOs. Maybe all these things are ghosts. Or, or, or 
I guess not UFOs. That doesn't make sense. But he makes this argument that um, like more people believe in ghosts. And mm -hmm. so ghosts are more believable because we've talked before mm -hmm. that in Japan, ghost belief is very strong. Mm -hmm. um, in Vietnam, ghost belief is really strong. Sure. Well, all yeah. over the world. Yeah. But I don't think that the fact that larger that's numbers a good of people- reason. Yeah. I don't think that's a good enough reason. Myself, I'm, I'm sort of down on the ghost thesis. That it's left some sort of trace in the world. Yeah. I mean, I love it. I think it's a really <laughs> awesome idea. I really, really like the idea. I have another theory, Steve. Oh, let's hear your I'm fourth gonna take option. One, I'm going to take. A, I'm going to take a step beyond David. <laughs> one I, step I, by the beyond. way, as I say, I really do love the idea yeah. that it's the ghost of the chupacabra, <laughs> or it's the ghost of like Bigfoot. that's it's it's cool. I love it. It's really like, yeah, and yet these things are leaving some physical trace behind sometimes too, which maybe ghosts don't do, which maybe is an argument against them being ghosts. But I'm going to propose another. Let's hear it. Scenario. And this is going back to something we've talked about a lot, which is this kind of time fold thing that uh, relates yeah. to sort of psychic events. There are people who say about these things that they're interdimensional creatures, that there's, you've heard, I've this, heard this, that there's yes. kind of like, yeah, yeah, that they're sort of interdimensional and they're sort of, it's kind of things, you know, overlapping. So it's from another suddenly... universe and it's flitting yes. into ours yes. momentarily into our and, universe. and then zipping I'm out. Gonna, I'm going to take this, I'm going to take this to an even more <laughs> You could go even cosmic. weirder than that. I'm going to go somewhere even weirder that I like about this. And I've thought about this before. And that is that like the psychic events we've talked about, the clairvoyant events, there's a fold in time. And what we're seeing, Steve... <laughs> is a species that does not yet exist. From the future? That we're seeing from something from the future. Holy Steve. shit. That the Sasquatch is actually something that perhaps after the nuclear apocalypse or after the, <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a world in which man in maybe doesn't even exist, in a world in which man has been eliminated by his own hand. Way in the future. Perhaps we're seeing, yes, perhaps we're seeing something that does not yet exist. Like that H.G. Wells shit where he goes so far in the future and there's well, no Well, but that's, humans. he's literally traveling to the future. He's traveling, yes, and, and he sees comes, those weird sea creatures. And he sees the, but we're having that time glitch thing, uh -huh. that we're being afforded this glimpse did you see what I just did there? The way I kind of like I wish blinked my the, eyes. The listener Isn't that could incredible? I wish we had that on film. That was amazing. How was that for really handy? Was, I don't know how to describe it. Wow. Like, no, that was incredible, wasn't it? Wow. I'm amazed you by really my own drove hammy that theory home. Wow. Uh, that's a that's a that was a whole gesture I just did with glimpse that I wow. wish everybody America needs to <laughs> see. The next motion picture incredible. I'm in. The next the next major motion picture I'm in, I'm gonna do that in there. Um but what we're being afforded is a glimpse of something that has yet to manifest in the world. That it's a future species. Now I don't know how to rule that out. But I, I don't know how mm -hmm. to rule it in either. You know what I'm saying? See? <laughs> okay. Oh, all right. That's a good answer. I like that. Have you ever wondered why we call French fries French fries? Or why something is the greatest thing since sliced bread? There are answers to those questions. Everything Everywhere Daily is a podcast for curious people who want to learn more about the world around them. Every day, you'll learn something new about things you never knew you didn't know. Subjects include history, science, geography, mathematics, and culture. If you're a curious person and want to learn more about the world you live in, just subscribe to Everything Everywhere Daily wherever you cast your pod. 
let me pull the Occam's razor move on you here. Now, in logic, mm -hmm. there's this term. Which is Occam's razor. Yes. Yeah, what and is that? Occam's razor, there was a guy named William of Occam, sort of late mm -hmm. medieval thinker. And he said, look, when you've got two competing theories, one is, mm -hmm. let's say, that there's a, uh, let's see, a group of interbreeding uh, sea creatures in Lake mm -hmm. Champlain. And the other is that they are <laughs> from the future time, <laughs> time jumpers. Ghost, why are you ghostly, laughing, Steve? Ghostly time jumpers from the future. Why is that making you laugh? Well, I don't here, understand why that's funny. I wouldn't, I, mm -hmm. I wouldn't presume to laugh on this, but Occam would say that mm -hmm. the one um, basically like is simpler than the other, which is the interbreeding mm -hmm. population, because we know what animals are and we know how interbreeding happens and some can live a long time. That doesn't require like a leap of, of mind, like like mm -hmm. people from the future traveling back through, or like mm -hmm. a creature from the future traveling back through time. So he thought that if you had a these competing theories and one was metaphysically simpler, like you didn't have to mm -hmm. posit the existence of another realm, mm -hmm. then he said mm -hmm. you should prefer the one that's simpler. Now, that doesn't mm -hmm. make it right, but that rule mm -hmm. uh, has sort of dominated it's a great, in science. It's a great, it's a great, it's a great. It's great. I love Occam's, Occam's razor. Reason. Is that not? Um, isn't that basically Sherlock Holmes's method too? I think I mean, so. Doesn't Sherlock Holmes advocate for yes. eliminate what you know? Eliminate the impossible. And what you're left with yeah. is the yeah. What you're left with must. But be that's the not what Conan Doyle was was driven by, as you as you you and I have talked about before. He was not himself no, an Occam, Occam's razor guy. But his no, but I think was. he probably would have said. There's no other plausible explanation for fairies, so they must be fairies. I mean, I yeah. think he would have actually probably applied Occam's razor at its kind of most extreme I, point. I guess photographs said, were much more compelling back then, too. I mean, there's what do you want to believe, sure. but then a photograph well, then that's is... Because, and, and, and that uh, the reference that to that that you're making is that Conan Doyle, there was there was a there were these girls, yeah. young girls who claimed to see fairies, and then they claimed that their father or somebody took photographs of them, of these fairies in the, in the Cottingley, Cottingley Forest yes. or something. Yeah, I think. So so these photographs became a sensation. Yeah. And, and Conan and Doyle people was very impressed believed by them. them. And they were these girls sitting and they were these, in the foregrounds of these photos would be these little Tinkerbell fairies yeah. with like wings and little pointy shoes <laughs> and stuff like that. And they were, you know, very much the kind of classic idea, Victorian era idea of a fairy. Yes. You know, a kind of Edwardian idea of a fairy. And and they're clearly to our eye now look like cutouts. Totally. They look like little paper cutouts or something. They're in black and white, and obviously the pictures are in black and white. But there was sensation, and Conan Doyle really threw his weight behind these. He things, did. He right? did. He thought yeah. that he thought that they he wasn't that interested in fairies per se, but he was very much interested in the spirit realm. And he thought that anything that was compelling and paranormal could tilt us towards a greater belief in the spirit realm. I think that's, I think that was his angle, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. I guess so. Yeah. Anything that could, anything that could maybe affirm a non-material, some kind but, of like. But an Occam's razor would just say, well, you could fake a photo, but, but then it was the beginning of photography, you know? That's what's really interesting, what you just said, is that photographs were such a new thing and must have been stunning in the idea that well, what you're seeing is real. Like, wow, wow, I just took a picture of this couple sitting there in front of me, and now there they are, yeah. and I can literally see them in this really realistic depiction of them. So how could this be fake, yeah. I guess, is the idea, because the technology was fucking with their heads, yeah. Steve. And we're at a place the same way that, that where that's happening <laughs> the again. Same way, you know? 
No, that's interesting. And it, it, that's really interesting. The inability, that's interesting, Steve. The inability to discern what was real or not. Yeah. Because of that technology, and now we're at the same place. Yeah, because of AI and images yeah. and, um, and films of, As of I was, people that look totally convincing, but they're not. Totally. Yeah. And my first thought so often now when I see things is, is this real? Yeah. Is that a real picture of so-and-so, you know, a beating up a shark on the beach right. or something? Like, that can't be real. It's like, and, and you know, so that's really interesting. But there was a history of, 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 of hucksterism, you know? I mean, the 19th century is a great, you've got your P.T. Barnum, you've got your, these guys yeah. in England were doing these hoax taxidermy mounts and stuff. And then that, you know, the yeah. Loch Ness, that famous photos from the 30s, and they didn't confess yeah. that it was a hoax until the 90s. They were like, yeah, we were fucking And that was around. a deathbed. There's the famous yeah. picture of the Loch Ness yep. Monster, like the yep. neck, the beautiful photograph in the of 30s, the neck sticking think, up. Right? It's iconic. And I think the guy took it in the 30s. He was a, he was a, if I, if memory serves, Steve, he was a, uh, he was a surgeon. Was he? I think, who took the picture. Not, yeah. So I think he was seen a as a kind of, <laughs> or a no. no, not a lawyer or a governor, neither a lawyer nor a governor, but a surgeon. And, I think that he, um, I think that, uh, therefore, I think he was seen as probably reliable because what surgeon That's right. is going to be like? Yeah. But those and, are the um, guys that are the, you can't trust them. They're fucking around. <laughs> surgeons, well surgeons. Surgeons are weird. <laughs> surgeons are weird people. But I would say what's interesting is that, yeah, it was a deathbed confession that in fact it was this kind of flotation device with a head attached to it. And it was all, it was heartbreakingly, it was all, Effect. And the girl, one um, of the one of the sisters confessed about the fairy photographs, I think. After the other I sister died, right. she finally came I clean. I think that's right. She came yeah. clean about it. Oh, heartbreaking. I think there's a movie. Is there? It. I think actually there's a movie. Yeah, I believe there's a movie about what it. What about um, if Champlain is just something else, like uh, you're seeing another kind of animal, like Champ is maybe like uh, people have seen seals and said that's something. That's like the explanation eels. for a lot of like... Loch Ness and yeah. stuff. I think people have actually, haven't people actually suggested a sturgeon, like a gigantic sturgeon or something? I, or, that, well, or I would find that fish. very believable because sturgeons Like are a big old, yeah. Freaky they big. get fucking yeah. huge. And it's like, or an eel, yeah. or it's like some kind of salmon or something. Like a freakishly big one of these They did test the water as, in, in Loch Ness. They should do this in Champlain. Uh, and there is all kinds of eel DNA in the water, in all the water samples. And so some people are saying there could be some giant eels in there, which is, it's horrifying. <laughs> is that just a lot of eel poop? Is there just a lot of eel spooge? Is that what you're saying? When you said eel DNA. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to speculate beyond of... the evidence, man. I just want to stay <laughs> oh with the God, evidence. Oh my God, all those eels, all those eels in there just, oh God, eels freak me out. Those kinds of Yeah, like, that's horrifying enough. Yeah. Just eels. Eels, snakes. Do snakes bother you? Are you bothered by snakes? Snakes don't trouble me as much as uh, spiders and deep water. Uh, snakes, yeah, I'm okay with snakes. They don't they don't creep me out. I don't know. I think things that lack legs freak me out a little bit. It's like worms and snakes and eels. Is it the movement, the undulating legs. kind of? Uh, it might be the movement. It might just be the sort of. Here's an interesting thing. I have a I have a friend. <laughs> <laughs> I have a friend who's freaked out by birds. He's freaked out by birds. and That's a weird I, phobia. Because you're just saying, it is a weird one. I mean, I don't think he's phobic, but he just doesn't love oh. birds. And I and I said to him one time, what, what's the problem with birds? And he said, they have no arms. 
And I said, they have wings. He said, those aren't arms. And now, ever since he said that, I've never been able to look at a fucking bird. And uh, again, the same way. I'm just like, they don't have any fucking arms. They're like these weird, like, these like fat little pigeons are just like, just tottering around on these skinny, weird little legs with no arms. They're dinosaurs. No they're, the, they're the descendants no arms and of the great... Dinosaurs that ruled the but earth. But dinosaurs had four legs, and dinosaurs had like well, I mean, look even at the, the tyrannosaurus, tyrannosaurus yeah. had the little. But it had the little like. Well, I guess you're right. The legs were disappearing, yeah, weren't and, they? Because it didn't really need them. Because it just its jaws were good enough. Is that the idea? Or do we even really know that that's what a T. Rex was like? I mean, is that still like? Yeah, they just had the little rudimentary arms. I think they know like, that they? because the 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 bones r reveal the size of the actual appendages. They don't know okay. like what the color of it was. Did it have feathers? Did you know? They're even I questioning: still... is it cold blooded or warm blooded? There's a lot of debate. Oh, really? Yeah, there's some debate about really? that too. Yeah, it's cool. I still the whole bird thing, dinosaur bird thing, still blows my mind. It, it's amazing and. And there's a part of me that aesthetically gets a little bit offended by the feathered thing <laughs> a, when I see it. Aesthetically, they, I'm a little bit come like, to? yeah, what are you doing to my dinosaurs? What are you doing to like the classic dinosaur thing? Like really feathers? It's like, oh no, and they were striped. Pigeons, they're like candy yeah. striped. Yeah, they're candy yeah. striped and they're like crazy mottled like camouflage. I mean, that's cool. But that's but not like, the no, dinosaurs really? of our youth where they were just badass. That's bad not the classic. Yeah. yeah, just big green dinosaurs yeah. just stomping around destroying them. I'm with you on I this. Mean, I prefer the just- Yeah, the, I, find it, I find it kind of weird. But I still find that- Hard to believe. But once you know that too, then when you sort of see a seagull like up close and it's got that kind of beady little eye yeah. all embedded in that scaly fucking skin <laughs> around its eye. Yeah. yeah, that kind of, and it's all kind of flicking around and it's very lizard-like. It is. And you're like, oh, how strange. Yeah. How weirdly strange. But anyway, that my friend of mine was like, they don't have any arms. And just think about that when you look at a bird next, especially when you look at a, fucking pigeon walking around. Here's another thing I'm going to tell you about pigeons and birds. <laughs> Here we go. Do you know why? Here Do you know why go. they bob? The, you know why they're bobbing their heads? Why, all the time? man? Pigeons and chickens, I think, too. Because they're, they're, their eyes are so poor. Their eyesight is so poor that they can't focus their eyes. So they're constantly refocusing their eyes. Really? Right now, our listeners can't see that I'm actually <laughs> doing this Paul incredible- Paul doing a great impression of I'm a chicken. I'm doing an incredible simulation of a chicken <laughs> or of, of a pigeon. If you could only see what I'm doing right now, folks, you'd pay it's, top It's career to ending, it. really. It's <laughs> no, no, it's career. It's, I think it's career. I think it's, a next, it's the next step in my career. Um, You'd pay top dollar to watch me doing my chicken impersonation. But it's because they can't. Their eyes are constantly needing to be refocused. Not an amazing well, piece of Well, yeah, there's th animals like chickens, domesticated birds, and domesticated dogs have all kinds of problems with their perception, like their eyes, their nose, their breathing, because human beings have really? distorted their their biology because we've been selecting for some animal that'll just pop out all these eggs that we want. Meanwhile, we don't know we're also fucking up their eyesight. Same thing with dogs, cats, like we messed up their and biology. And that's... And that's just domesticate. That's inbreeding. That's domestication, that yeah, like, and inbreeding, yeah. And that's like, and that's like, that's like, like a Dalmatian is just like, yes. just all like its yeah. hips come flying <laughs> out of its sockets <laughs> all the time because they're just completely. They're just a train wreck of, of, a, of oh an my animal. god! So that's terrible. So is it? Is it? 
The, the pure breeds are more like that. It's like your basic mutt it's having better, that much I trouble. I think it's better to be a mutt because you've got much more genetic diversity and variation yeah. within the, your own gene line. And that helps right. you, hand, that means you, you know, you've been able to, uh, you're more adaptable and you, the healthy stuff has remained and hasn't been edited out through very like intense uh, human selection. Because Darwin said, the only real monsters there are, are the ones that we have made in our domestic uh -huh. animals, like especially dogs. Interesting. Right. Some of them can't even and breathe. Just, like it's it's a mess. No, it's true. You got the bulldog that yeah. can't breathe, and all those things that are just in their teeth are all. And you breed it in for these characteristics because yeah. they're cute. They have the like prognathic jaw. Yeah, I'm going to use that nice. word. You have the under. You have the underslung jaw. Right. That's pretty good. Right. <laughs> prognathic. A prog prognathic jaw, which means the underbite. Like the whole the line of the Habsburg, the uh, the the the, the royal K, families, the, the kings of the royal family of Spain. One of their one of the one of the characteristics of of the royal family of Spain in the kind of golden age of the Spanish Empire, the Phillips and all these guys. One of the one of the tells, one of the, the genetic signs they had was a prognathic. Is that jaw. right? I didn't know that. They had an underslung jaw. I did not yep. know that. Yeah, Incredible, that's a common Steve? problem with inbreeded <laughs> populations and the royals. Yes, it is are, a prognathic jaw. Well, look yep. at the current yep. royal family. I'll just leave it there. Are there a lot of the current <laughs> royal family in England? Yes. I don't think there's not a prognathic jaw to be seen. No, but other maladies that are under the skin. <laughs> you think so? Oh, yeah. Really? We don't even really? know. I don't know. They seem to really. They all seem to be pretty. Yeah, the they queen did live a long like, time, but who knows? yeah, they live forever. Those people. It's crazy how long. Yeah, they but live. what about this? What are they doing? The it's true. Like God, she is the longest living royal. Um, right? Ever? I think. I think the guy uh, the in King England of Thailand for sure, was making like, a run on it, but didn't make it. I think is. Far didn't shooting. make it. Yeah. She thinks you think she had him bumped off. You think she had him. She had him aced. She just like think she had him aced, iced. I meant Special to say. You think she had him iced? Were, yeah, totally. Send to in Bangkok. the SAS to just like <laughs> totally. Why not? Um, this has been fascinating. Look at where we went off of this <laughs> yeah. amazing letter from David. And uh, David, this was a fantastic letter. Thank we you, actually David. got a little chat in yeah. about about lake monsters. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my. Future, future yeah, Sasquatch, future champ theory. Okay, <laughs> thanks, Steve. I'll take that. Thanks, Steve. I guess you, you're washing your hands of that, aren't you? No, you can. I'm going to take that. All right, I'm going to take that theory and start to uh, really work on it. Uh, but what a great! Uh, I love the idea of ghosts of of these creatures. Yeah, it would it's be great really to have if any, if any of our listeners want to take Paul's theory and just like push it. You know, just work on it. You know develop okay. it further and send that in. That'd, That'd be, be fun. nice. Yeah. 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 That would be That'd really be cool. fun. Don't, I mean, yeah. You're, do the now research. people are going to jump all up, rip me apart, do the research. <laughs> don't even start with me with do the research. Don't even go there. Do your own research. Oh, brother. All righty. Listen, this has been great. Steve. Yeah. Very fun. Uh, very fun. Please, uh, as always, Journey over to uh, Apple Podcasts, Podcasts etc. Uh, give us some. Uh, give head us over some to love. YouTube and look at the animations, but also definitely yes, good. Indeed. Give us uh, reviews and ratings and write to us. It's really great to read. Indeed. Many thanks, uh, Steve, for joining me once again you, here Paul. on the Chinwag. Thank you. And thanks to David for the letter. Yes. Keep them coming. All right. And uh, Chinwag, out. over and out. Chinwag is a production of Treefort Media and Touchy Feely Films, hosted and executive produced by Paul Giamatti and Stephen Asma. 
Executive producers for Tree Fort are Kelly Garner and Lisa Ammerman. Dan Carey is executive producer for Touchy Feely. Our series producer is Rachel Whitley Bernstein. Our associate producer is Andrew Miller. Original theme music by Luke Topp, with additional music by Via Mardot. Oscar Guido is our executive in charge of production. Tom Monahan is head of audio for Tree Fort. Animation created by Alex Sokol. Audio production, supervision, and editing by Maxwell Carney. Additional audio assistance and mixing by Jeff Neal. With additional production management from Renee Levesque. Clara Wong is Celestial Empress of Benevolent Knowledge. Lastly, for more information, go to chinwagpod.fm and find us on Instagram or TikTok at chinwagpod or on Twitter at chinwag underscore pod. Oh, my stars, Steve. My stars and stripes. We have some exciting news. Shall we tell them? We should reveal that Chinwag is hitting the road again and going on a West Coast tour. Yes, that's right. If you missed us in your fair city, truly, friends, don't fret, don't fear, don't have a panic attack. (laughs) Do not panic. We will be recording live Chinwags in May in Los Angeles, Portland, and Seattle. Yes, in L.A. we'll be at Dynasty Typewriter on May 14th. You can go to chinwagpod.fm slash Los Angeles for tickets. And on May 16th, we're going to be in Portland at Revolution Hall. For those tickets, go to chinwag.fm slash Portland. And we'll be at Town Hall, the great town hall in Seattle on May 17th. For tickets to that, go to chinwagpod.fm slash Seattle. You do not want to miss this. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be mighty, mighty. So get your tickets at chinwagpod.fm, and we will see you there. Come on out, waggers. Come out, waggers. Come out. (laughs) Come out of hiding. (laughs) 